Welcome to Offstage with Jordan Baylor, where you'll discover the stories behind the movers and shakers in the entertainment and business world. Now here's your host, Jordan Baylor. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. This 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 episode, this one's different, guys. This this one has never I don't think anybody's ever done anything like this. What I what I was able to do was I was able to speak with a man from the future. Physically, he's here in 2020. Okay, that was a little bit clickbaity, and I apologize. That's the BuzzFeed in me. I apologize. Physically, he's here in 2020, quarantining like the rest of us. But mentally, this man is far beyond his years. His name is Kimmon. And he has an upcoming multimedia project that is it's so ambitious. It's so exciting. And he's been working on it for a few years. So when he launches, let me let me rephrase that. Not when he not not if he launches it. Let me rephrase that. When he pulls it off and launches a successful project, he'll be breaking ground on what I believe is the future of storytelling. In our interview, we discussed his project Forever Has Fallen. Our interview jumps around as we talk about a plethora of things. We talk about cryptocurrency. Uh, we discuss the future of media, film, television, writing. And he even touched on his full-time marketing agency and gave you a few tips on how to get started in marketing. If that's your dream. So without further ado, I bring to you our interview. Hi, welcome to another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor. I have on the line the founder, CEO of the fictional multi-platform podcast, Forever Has Fallen. He's a writer. He's a blogger. He's a advertising guru. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff this man can do. Um, how are you doing today? His name is Kimmin Lykos. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing really well. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Jordan. Okay, so I'd like to start off every interview by asking, who is Kimmon? Who am I? Uh, so I'm a lover, a writer, a person of peace. Um, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, I'm, uh, I run an advertising agency in a city called Adelaide, uh, which is located in South Australia. Um, and we're getting this uh, uh, new type of global entertainment off the ground called Forever Has Fallen. Um, as a way of being able to uh, globalize what it is that we do and uh, have one hell of a time doing it too. I love that answer, man. So where did this idea for a multi-platform, multi-experience podcast come from? Do you feel like this is the future of storytelling or what's your vision on this? Absolutely. I, I love new business models because at the end of the day, you can't go blaming the market for any failure that you've got. Markets make winners. And mm -hmm. for one reason or another, I was pondering the whole thing around entertainment, you know, piracy and uh, copying and all this sort of stuff. And basically, you know, you've got the situation with Hollywood is really trying to force an agenda, trying to force an old business model down everyone's throats. And then, of course, you've got Netflix and all these other um, disruptive things coming along. But... It just occurred to me that the model for storytelling hasn't changed since the very first feature film was made, which is basically it's a one-way um, one thing. So you sit there, you get entertained. 
And look, this model works and it probably still will work for a very, very long time to come as long as the stories are awesome and the experience is great. But for the 21st century, uh, where we've got uh, you know, multiple platforms, multiple social communities, multiple devices, multiple screens, uh, uh, you know, entertainment on demand, anytime, anywhere, there's surely got to be some kind of opportunity to create a new type of business model, a new type of entertainment that suits the needs of fans in the 21st century. And, you know, that was a very short explanation for a two-year journey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Can you give the backstory of Forever Has Fallen to the people who may not have had a chance to listen to the show? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the story of a, a technology billionaire uh, who's on the run, uh, hunted for fraud and murder. Uh, the company that he started was called The Forever Social, and the, uh, the, the, the business mission of The Forever Social is to create digital immortality for the masses. And uh, he turns up uh, to have a meeting with his CTO. She's uh, been brutally murdered. He realises he's uh, been set up and he escapes from the police and you follow the story of him being on the run, hunted by a very vicious, very nasty uh, assassin and a uh, crazy religious Christian uh, extremist uh, policeman. Um, <laughs> and it all un un unravels and unveils. So basically you're involved in the story to work out how has the forever social being destroyed or how has forever has fallen because the ultimate goal of uh, the forever social was basically to set up a new competitor to God and uh, not to be the only sort of hope for immortality. And um, this, this was a way of being able to actually achieve immortality. Uh, especially if you're an atheist, uh, you can look at this and go, well, okay, this is all in uh, zeros and ones and it's probably got a bigger chance of working than hoping that there's some divine being that's uh, pulling the strings on everything. <laughs> that sounds like a massive concept. Now, how do you... Now, I don't know. This sounds like a, a... Why did you decide to do, like, podcast storytelling to break this story? This seems like it could be, like, a huge book or a huge miniseries on television or... I don't know. Why did you decide to go... Uh, I'm going to do audio drama and break it down and, and, and give it to the people this way. Well, it comes back to what I was talking about before, um, that markets mm -hmm. make winners. So um, podcasting is a growing and I think it will continue to really grow and expand. Um, I, I think we've, we haven't come anywhere near sort of like peak podcast yet. <laughs> it's something that people um, are demanding and something that's proving popular with people. And it also fits in with our model of being very agile and being able to create high standards, high quality of production values, um, but at a very affordable cost. I mean, we're, we're quite a small team. Um, our original idea was to try to redo the way that uh, filmmaking is done. Um, but, you know, we're talking something in the vicinity of like eighty to $90,000 per minute to make, you know, good quality uh, video. Uh, podcasting is a fraction of that cost. That is true. So what was your idea originally for the filmmaking? To <laughs> change the cameras or what? how yeah, are you going to reinvent filmmaking? It, it was to... Um, 
it was to create a story world. So um, it was to remove the one-way way of telling a story, okay? So where you just sit there in front of the screen and you're entertained. And, and again, like, that's a great model and it's going to be around for a while and it still makes a shitload of money. But um, yeah. we, we set up this as a sort of like an alternative uh, form of entertainment as well. So our first kind of insight was, well, can we tell the story instead of spending, you know, 80 grand per minute on a, uh, you know, one hour 30 feature film, would we be able to create a entertainment story which um, was able to be spread over, you know, a whole range of platforms, you know, that would be told on websites and on interactive, you know, AI bots and on social media accounts and, you know, where, where, where you can engage with the character and all this sort of stuff and that we would uh, punctuate these moments with high-quality film. So we started down the track of looking at what film could be for us in terms, in, instead of creating like a feature-length film or a big Netflix series, it was a way of being able to create blockbuster entertainment, but at a fraction of the cost. And then, boom, podcasting happened. And it was like, wow, here's a whole new medium where we can uh, latch into this and we can still create a great experience for fans, but mm -hmm. at even more of a fraction of the cost. I love it. I love it. Now, I look at the project and I tell like a lot of hard work, a lot of thought has been put into this. And I, I, I guess where I'm going with the question is, um, where did the where does the inspiration come from? Far out. Um, you know, I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, no, because we it uh, just seems like it's like a, a idea that you've been pushing towards for like many years, you yeah. know, and then after so long, you know, some people just get burnt out on ideas and you seem to keep like trugging along and you're like really pushing it. And it, it's like, I mean, the, the visuals, everything on it is just premiere, man. I'm just like, whoa, have I not heard of this? Like, I'm really, really I'm like, have I not heard of this? And I'm just wondering, like, where does the inspiration to keep pushing for this go? Like, where does it come from? It's so one, I, I, I love movies. I love entertainment. Um, I've, I've always loved movies. I mean, the first movie I ever saw was uh, John Wayne's uh, True Grit, which gives you an idea of, uh, uh, of my vintage. Um, uh -huh. So I've always loved entertainment. And this has been something that's been chugging along in the back of my mind for a long, 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 long time. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of stabs at, you know, um, writing screenplays and they were real crap. Um, <laughs> you know, you had to throw them away. But, you know, that's that's the uh, process of creativity. That's the process of learning. That's um, something you just got to throw yourself into. And what really culminated this whole thing was um, just working out that, you know what, we could tell stories in a different way. So the first thing, uh, it, this all happened, it was like this big, like, ta-da moment, uh, I was flying to Sydney um, for a business meeting and I just had this like kaboom moment on the plane. Um, I was writing down all these ideas. I, I came back uh, to the office, I grabbed my team and I said, okay, guys, in two weeks, I'm either going to blow your minds with this awesome idea or you're going to go, holy shit, Kimmin, you're crazy. 
you need help or medication or something like that. Um, here's my physician, you know. Yeah, here's, yeah, yeah, get me help. <laughs> and so I sat the team down. Uh, so I, I spent two weeks developing um, the, the the rough of the concept. I've still got the original presentation. I'll never throw that away. I, I presented it to the team and they're like, wow, that's really cool. And so I said, look, the first thing that we've got to do is while we're trying to create something new and something different, we can't make that a gimmick. It can't be a gimmick. We can't, just because we can do it doesn't mean we should. The most important thing is we have to have a cracking story and it's got to be our own story. I've, you, you mentioned uh, before, uh, you know, that our concept could be used by Marvel or DC or by other, um, you know, um, other organizations. Huge blockbuster. Yeah, and, and that's that's absolutely true. And it's been put to me, why don't you just, uh, you know, there's like 2,000 Marvel or DC characters. Why don't you do this with something that's already been licensed and, you know, leverage off that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the real power of doing something like this is when it's your own story, when it's your own thing. So we, uh, we split up and we tried to work out what the best um, story could be um, and that's how Forever Has Fallen uh, was created, you know. Uh, and then we've we've been doing stuff like you can go to the foreversocial.com website, you know, which is the mm-hmm. fictional company. You know, we created a website for the company. Uh, you can interact wow. with that website, um, you know, and, and it just all grew from creating what we believe to be a cracking story um, of this tech billionaire on the run and hunted by these uh, just crazy assortment of characters. So how many seasons are out for the series, for the show? So at the moment, we're um, in public beta launch. So we've created our first episode, which we're using as really to validate ourselves with the market. Um, mm-hmm. And so far, so good. You know, we've got uh, about a thousand fans um, who are using the uh, the story world. So they're exploring all the different websites and all the different you know bits of hidden content that we've created. Um, we've currently got in production episodes two to uh, two to five. Um, we want those to be finalised in the next two months. And so we're hoping for a uh, a hard launch in about three months' time. Oh, okay, okay. That's so that would be like a hard launch for the first season, correct? Uh, for the yeah, for for the first season. So while we're launching uh, episodes one through to five, uh, we'll be working like hell on uh, uh, episodes six to ten, and that will complete the first season. And we've got five seasons earmarked. So you guys, you guys are like sitting down. You you basically are writing a whole show, kind of like a like a t- like a television show, huh? Y'all have like a writer's room and a whole and production it's all across there. websites and across a whole different lots of different media. Yeah, you can even send like a text message to characters and they'll respond to you. And if you send them mm-hmm. the right uh, the right text, uh, they'll they'll reveal some hidden content to you. What? Yeah. So all right, I have to ask a question, like. How does that work? Do you put like one person in charge of the websites and then another person in charge of like the podcast story? Like how does how does that intertwine between the social media and the all everything you got going on? So I'm um I'm really blessed with um having a great team. And so, you know, uh we've got uh, five people on the uh, the core creative team 
and we collaborate. Um, we, we don't have any um, egos or, you know, I mean, I, I might be the, uh, the CEO, but um, my voice doesn't matter more than anyone else's voice. And, you know, quite honestly, there's just no goddamn way the standard and quality of what's being created. I, I, I couldn't have done this by myself. There's just forget it. So many yeah. times it's happened where I've had uh, a real brain fart of an idea. It's like, hey, guys, why don't we do this? And, <laughs> you know, one of our youngest members of the team, you know, she's uh, about the same age as uh, my son. So she's uh, uh, 21 years of age. And she, she tells me straight to my face, Kim, and that's a brain fart. We're not doing that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a real collaborative effort. And, and I really love that. I've always enjoyed playing team sports and I love being part of a great team. And uh, so it's not one person's responsibility. It's the team's responsibility to put on a great show. This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sock Season. I have a pair of their unisex essential star quality socks and man, they are comfortable. They truly are. They, they, they come in like weird, funky, cool colors. And I'm not just saying this because they paid me. I'm saying it because I'm a big sock guy and I hate socks that fall apart after a few washes or they're cheap or they're, they're tight around the toe or they hurt around the ankle. I've experienced a lot of different socks and a lot of these companies are cutting corners. I've gotten socks from H&M, different department stores, and quite frankly, I feel like I've gotten beaten a lot of times because I no longer wear the socks. And after a few washes, they either rip or they shrink or I lose a pair or I lose one of the socks. That, those two are on me. But sometimes they're warped and they just lose their shape. But the cool thing about sock season is Sock Season has a unique 30-day wash guarantee, which covers socks bought within the first 30 days. Like, if you buy them and they fall apart within the first 30 days, they will replace them. No questions asked. Which is crazy, but that's how much they believe in their socks. So, go to www.SockSeason.com S-O-C-K-S-E-A-S-O-N.com Use coupon code OFFSTAGE for 25% off your first order and tell them Jordan sent you because every day is sock season. Wow. So you had like, are you using your advertising agency, that team, the team from there, or did you outsource your own team? Or I don't know how, does, how it works for you. Yeah, so I've always had a, uh, a passion for doing something global. Um, so mm -hmm. the advertising agency, we're, we're very highly specialized with uh, what's known as business to business. Uh, so we do a lot of um, work with technology customers. And it's very hard to scale that business. You know, we've um, established um, an office in uh, Stockholm. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's just hard work, man. It's really, really hard. <laughs> um, and so we wanted to, uh, I wanted to do something that could utilize the skills of, of us as, as now, the mm -hmm. skills and capabilities, and uh, to do something global with that. And, and this is another great reason for doing Forever Has Fallen. Uh, because, you know, I, I love my team. I, I love working with the people I work with. And I think they like working with me. Uh, they, they stick around anyway. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it's just so much good, great fun. So, um, 
and it's great that we can do this together and it's great that we can utilize our existing skills and capabilities to do this as well. So this thing's been, you know, you could almost say it's been like 20, 15 to 20 years in the making because it's taken me that long to be able to create such a great team um, who's able to pull off this at such a high standard. Mm. How did you get your start in marketing? Oh, man. Um, so I met a girl in Australia um, and uh, who was Swedish. Uh, this is back in the day, mate, before uh, um, internet and mobile. Yes, there was a world that <laughs> yes. all that stuff. Trust me. He's was. had to actually talk to girls. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're sending letters with uh, cassette tapes of our favorite songs and, you know, all this sort of stuff, you know, 18,000 kilometers away. So I went uh, to Sweden um, back in 1993. Uh, and um, I've always had a passion for ideas, for creativity. Um, and I ended up getting a job at an uh, advertising agency in Sweden um, and dealing with business to business. So, so my first client was working with this thing called a, um, if I can recall, uh, a edible oil um, deodorizer uh, called Soft Column. And yes, it did look like a penis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Whoa, okay, who designed this puppy? You know, very, very talented. <laughs> um, and uh, I managed to keep in the career ever since. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> okay, I saw, I was reading like uh, some of your Medium articles and I saw that you tried to, or you attempted to do like an ICO or oh. an initial coin offering and yeah. like raising funds for the um, podcast or the, the, the project. First off, can you explain what an ICO is for a person who has no clue what it is? And then, like, why did you decide to pivot your uh, fundraising efforts? An ICO is a large bucket of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So so, um, when cryptocurrencies were um, created, um, I – so blockchain. So let's establish – so you've got this thing called blockchain, which is – it's simply a new form of technology, like the internet is a new, is a form of entertain form of um, technology. Um, uh, so cryptocurrencies is just a an app or a product of that technology. So like email, you can use email because of internet. Um, you can use, you can create cryptocurrencies or use cryptocurrencies because of blockchain. Um, so when cryptocurrencies were launched, um, I thought, wow, how cool would it be? that if we were to create an entire macroeconomic system for our fans, where they had their own currency that they can earn, trade, use, buy um, merchandise and our stuff and go go to a bar and get a beer with and all this sort of stuff, wouldn't that be awesome? Um, and that they could actually even cash out of um, on, a, on a public exchange. That would be frigging awesome. Um, so I dove into it with that very naive uh, mindset thinking that everyone else would see that kind of um, upside and that kind of model. What happened, of course, is human behavior. So um, an ICO uh, stands for an initial coin offering. And so what people did is that they, you know, if you had, you know, anywhere between five to $20,000 to spare, uh, you could create your own currency. And so everyone went, ran off and they started making their own currencies. But the whole purpose of those currencies were to just simply sell them to um, people who didn't know any better 
um, and speculate, get them onto an exchange, um, get them to go up in value and then dump the price. And the people who made the coin, you know, some people made a shitload of money. Like we're talking 10, 15, $50 million in, in raised capital for doing nothing, absolutely delivering and doing nothing. Um, so in this entire, I mean, this was crazy. They turned it into like a pyramid scheme, I guess. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. And um, so I don't talk about, um, so we do have our own cryptocurrency, but I don't talk about it too much uh, because, you know, it just, the whole industry just stinks to high heaven. Um, we do have plans to release our own cryptocurrency, but it's going to be purely on our terms um, in a way that's valuable for our fans and when it makes sense. Um, so we, we started off with the ICO as a way of being able to raise money um, and everyone else was doing it um, hand on heart. We sincerely and honestly you know, had a serious business that we wanted to get going and, and we wanted the currency to actually do something, you know, not yeah. a thing of speculation. But I, I literally pulled the plug on the whole thing. So you create a thing called a smart contract um, because the great thing with blockchain is that everything is public. Everything is verifiable. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trust machine, basically. Um, and so two weeks before our ICO, I, I killed the smart contract because I realized, and, and I was in New York when this happened, um, and I was, so I'd been to Los Angeles, I'd been to Chicago, then I went to New York and I'm talking to all these people, lawyers and experts and economists and all these people. And it hit me when I finally got to New York, uh, being the chimp brain that I've got, that this was going to be <laughs> a massive mistake. If I, if I allowed the smart contract to execute, it could mm-hmm. kill the brand, it could kill the company, it could kill everything. Um, so I, I pulled the plug. And um, and and forgot about it as a uh, as a fundraising mechanism, um, and so since then um, we've been uh, talking to investors. Uh, we've got our first investor uh, coming on board, which is great. Um, which is really hard to do pre-revenue, uh, mm-hmm. but we've got a first investor coming on board, and um, we that will probably do us for uh, quite a while. But there, there may or may not be other rounds coming up, but. We've gone back to the old-fashioned way. Oh wow! Okay, that was, a good, that was going to be my next question. Like, how would you? How are you uh, raising funds? Were you doing a Kickstarter? But it seems like you just did it like old-fashioned. Just yeah. drew up a <laughs> business plan and <laughs> hey, Mister Moneybags, you want to invest in my idea? You know, <laughs> you know. So that's that's cool. I I I I'm like so inspired by your ideas because they're so ahead of the curve. Um, is that hard? And I guess what I mean by that is that like is it, it seems like you have to like you're gonna have trouble like selling somebody every step of the way because they're so dumb. I guess is the word. Um, yeah, or or just they they haven't they know, just don't know. You know. Yeah, they just don't know. I mean, so this cuts both ways. Being a innovator um, has a lot of advantages. So we've got a like a first mover advantage. Um, and, and that's great. So that's good for us from a competitive um, perspective. But from a sales perspective, you're spot on, Jordan. Um, it's very hard to explain. It's kind of like going back to prehistoric times and you 
you, you've got a car. And it's like, I know exactly what a car is. But you present this thing to something that to someone who's never seen a car before. Good luck. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. And it's uh, so that's been one of the one one of the challenges. But the other challenge has been that I have come across people who get it straight away, you know. And so you go, oh wow, okay, so this is really easy to understand. Um, but then you come across other people who you think should know what you're talking about, but they don't. Um, one of the biggest moments that we had in all of this was that I managed to secure a meeting with a guy called Sandy Kleiman. Uh, so Sandy is a LA-based uh, Hollywood producer. He, he was the producer of The Aviator. Uh, he's worked with all the top Hollywood talent, uh, you know, so Scorsese, DiCaprio, uh, Costner, DeVito, blah, 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 blah. Um, he's, he's done a lot of really significant things. And it was Sandy who was able to crystallize for me just how far ahead of the curve we are. So Sandy got it straight away. And he's like, wow, this is... This is something that's been a long time coming. It's, it's transformative, was his word. Um, but, but what he really got me to appreciate was, I mean, we've got, you know, we've got so, we've got an innovation roadmap like you wouldn't believe. It's, we've got so many really cool things that we want to do with this. And I wanted to launch all of that straight off the bat. And what I realized was that, we're so far ahead of the curve with everything. It's mm -hmm. kind of like us immediately trying to get to Mars. So everyone else is sort of like on the landing is on the landing pad, uh, the launch pad rather. Um, and and we're like, hey guys, we're going to Mars. And it's like, well, maybe let's just get to the stratosphere first, yeah, and then we'll get You're to right. the moon, and then we'll go to Mars. And so that's the way that we've kind of chunked this whole thing down. Um, because just its whole concept of you've got a story that is told throughout the story world. I mean, that's enough, but that's just, that's the very basics. That's the beginning of this thing, right? That's yeah. the stratosphere. Um, man, you should see the stuff that we want to do when we want to get to the moon and then we, when we go to Mars. Um, you know, and, and it's all around not creating new gimmicks for the sake of creating gimmicks or creating innovation for the sake of creating innovation but it's around being able to tell an amazing story in new ways that generates value for the fans, that makes fans go like, fuck, that's amazing. I love it. I, I agree. There's so many different, you're right though. The, the, the age of people interacting with stories is coming back. I've heard about like, there's this box. It was advertised to me on Facebook, but it was a, a, a it was called a murder box. And what they do is it's for people that are in a true crime podcast, and it would ship them like a every month like a different mystery. And I th I'm not sure if it's a real murder or not, but it gives you like the clues, and you have to kind of like break it down and solve the mystery. And I was like, who is buying this? Like, you do this in your free time? It's like, yeah, people love it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I have enough problems in my life. I do not need to buy another one. Hey, do you want to buy an extra problem for you? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but like a lot of people love the interactive stuff. And, and I, I think you are really ahead of the curve with everything you're doing from your Man, I, I, I really I, I see the vision. I, I'm like blown away that it hasn't been done before. But then it kind of makes me wonder, like, is there a reason it hasn't been done before? Like, how yeah, do you kind of calm yeah, down your ambitions? 
Yeah, I think it's, um, it, it, this typically mm-hmm. happens um, because, you know, we've, we've you know, so, so through Sandy, you know, Sandy's really connected in Hollywood and with um, big talent agencies and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. And the issue is, is that you've got a model which knows how to make money. And at the moment, the Hollywood entertainment model has gone into these big blockbusters where you've got to put down a big lot of money, you know, $200 million just to get mm-hmm. in the game. But the returns can be incredible, you know. That's true. Um, and, and you can't, you can't interrupt that machine um, very easily, which kind of makes it exciting now because that machine has been, you know, smashed to pieces uh, with, uh, with coronavirus. Um, and, I'm uh, I'm really interested to see how Hollywood rebounds with this because we don't know what this virus is going to do. No one knows um, exactly the makeup of this thing. And we don't know how long we're going to have to live with this. You know, when is a vaccine going to come out? Um, is herd uh, immunity the answer? Um, but meanwhile, uh, could you imagine being a Hollywood studio right now? I mean, you've greenlit you know, billions of dollars worth of projects that you're counting on getting launched for next summer. Maybe yeah, people aren't allowed your deadline. Theaters. Maybe movie theaters won't exist anymore. Um, you can't sell them all to Netflix, can you? I mean, you know, how, <laughs> how are you going to get money out of this thing? Um, yeah. And, 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 and it's all because, you know, the reduction, you know, you've got to have people on movie sets, you know, people trip up over each other. It's a petri dish of, of, of filth and disease. You know, in yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how Hollywood responds to this. Um, and, you know, our, our production methodology is incredibly agile. You know, uh, we, we haven't, this hasn't affected us at all. In, in our production, um, you know, we've got actors. Uh, even if internet went down, our actors can still record on a hard drive and ship it to us if they need to. So mm. um, we we haven't been affected by by this at all, and and it's really exposed, I suppose, how robust the business model is and how agile the business model is, and that yeah, you know, there's definitely room for a new type of production. And again, I just want to say that I don't believe that we're going to, that we're going to be the whole new model and everything else is going to disappear. Um, this market is so big, so expensive, so diverse. Um, I, I think we'll probably end up being like a second choice type of form of entertainment. You know, you'll you'll have your nets, you'll have your Netflix subscription. You'll go to the movies still um, it, it, when you're allowed to, of course. Um, and you'll also follow Forever Has Fallen and, and, you know, spend a couple of nights, you know, having a look at our different websites, getting involved with the characters, discovering content, earning rewards, um, and uh, cashing in those rewards. I love it, man. I, I think all it takes is just one engrossing story to really break the mold, and, and you know, I, you're scratching at the surface of, of a whole new medium of entertainment, honestly. I feel like I'm talking... I mean, this... This concept, I feel, I mean, I'm not even just trying to gas you or anything, but I really, really, really feel like, like when I saw it, I was like, damn, like I, I got it, you know, because like, I got it. Like I got it. It was like, boom, you know. So uh, all right. my last question is, how can the people get in touch with you? Uh, so if you go to uh, foreverisfallen.com, 
Um, you, I mean, there's a number of ways. I mean, we've got the email address there. Um, uh, you're able to also access uh, the, uh, so you, you can become a bounty hunter and uh, start earning, so if you explore the whole story world, um, you're able to start um, uh, earning, you know, rewards or points and solving challenges and things like that. So if you uh, become a bounty hunter, you'll get access to uh, the hunter's lair in the Hunter's Lair, you can join the online. We've got an online uh, community forum on Discord. Um, I jump on there uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, we're we're pretty accessible. We're, we're not the giant billion-dollar organization yet. So yes, um, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, baby. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. We're gonna cash out. Um, uh, oh, okay. Like I want to ask you one more thing. Um, can you leave the people with like a like a word of advice you wish you'd had when you started uh, your project? Wow. So many, dude. So many. Uh, so quickly, so I don't chew up all your time. Um, a piece of advice. One, uh, do not do an ITO. It <laughs> 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 comes immediately to mind. Um, two, um, probably... Uh, so, so for me, a big weakness has been around um, really understanding the, uh, the, 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 base, the the real fundamental building blocks of a business. I mean, I'm a creator um, and, and I'm just so blessed and so lucky that I've got uh, some really, really good friends who are really highly experienced and now that they've come on the advisory board as well. Um, who really understand all the mechanics of building a business. Um, and I'm talking about the finance and the and the legals and everything. Um, and I guess the other thing is just, you know, never never doubt yourself, you know, really fight hard against those little voices in, that you get in your head going, oh, this is so hard and oh, what happens if this happens? Yeah. You know, screw that, man. Just Just power on, power through it. I had to cuss that voice out in uh, my head the other day, you know, it was telling me something, some telling me to doubt myself. And I was like, screw you, man. You know, like, you know, I, you shut them up. So, all right. Thank you so much for your time. I mean, um, everybody stop what you're doing and go. Um, is it, a, when's the release date for Forever's Fallen? Well, so you can listen to the first episode now and you can explore the story world. So um, right now you can have a really great um, experience and it's, Probably a good time to jump in now to kind of get used to, um, you know, to understand the story. Uh, we're also giving away uh, a free story Bible as well. So it gives you insights into the characters and the technology of the Forever Engine and all this other stuff as well. Um, so it's probably a good time to like chill out, relax, be able to get an idea of what it is, get used to the story world. Um but the, the the actual hard launch, we're, we're looking around three months. Um, you know, hopefully uh, our, our our production company can can pull through for us. I'm sure. All they right, can. I got faith. Sometime in summer, <laughs> I've <Yeah>. got faith. <laughs> Sometime this summer, I love it. Man. This summer, <laughs> coming this summer, forever has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been another episode of Offstage with Jordan Baylor, and thank you again for your time. No worries, man. Thank you very much, Jordan, and best of luck in Texas. Thank you for listening to Offstage with Jordan Baylor. 
Now go forth and create.